Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan and welcome to our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast today. Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I get into some questions from our football insider subscribers. They always come through with great questions for us. I'm going to tell you how you can become, uh, become a subscriber shortly here. But first we talk about uh, some AFC North teams. Who would it be best to sweep in the AFC North? Uh, we get into uh, some rookies that we want to watch in training camp. All sorts of good stuff coming up on this podcast. Now... If you want to become a Football Insider subscriber, where we regularly ask our texters for questions, all you have to do is go to cleveland.com slash browns, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, and that's where you can get yourself signed up. It's more than just the texting. It's a daily newsletter that you get delivered right to your inbox every single day. It's written by one of us, a member of the Browns reporting team. It is exclusive to our insiders, and you also get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. Uh, all you got to do is click on that blue banner at the top of the page on cleveland.com slash browns to get that info and get signed up. Okay, enough from me. I'm stumbling all over the place. Let's just get to the podcast. Here's our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk Pod. And here we go on our Thursday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. Our Football Insider subscribers, I asked them for some questions. Uh, and they came through as they always do. Mary Kay, we talk about this every week on the Hey Mary Kay podcast. Our, our subscribers love to uh, to ask us questions, which, look, I just told you about this, but just let me reiterate, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page if you want to become someone who can send us these questions. All right, let's start here. From Jared in Columbus, which AFC North team would it be most meaningful to sweep this year? Jared is thinking big. He wants to sweep an AFC North team. So which one would it be most meaningful to do that against? You know, I I guess I'll probably say the Bengals this year because they went to the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, the the Ravens actually seem to be in still in a little bit of a state of flux. Um, You know, Lamar Jackson does not have his extension yet. That can do funny things to a player's head. I'll tell you what, I've seen it time and time again. Now, I'm sure he'll come back and he'll be everything that he has always been if he stays healthy. But I would say the Bengals just because of what they were able to achieve last year. I mean, they swept them last season. What good did that do? <laughs> right. That's uh, true. Man, I'm tempted to say the Steelers, because no matter how the season ends up, at least you could say you swept the Steelers. Um, and, you know, Browns fans, they'll, they'll take comfort in that. Uh, and I. I would probably go more with the Ravens. I'm expecting, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not sold on the Bengals. 
maybe it's just because of how they made the Super Bowl last year. Um, but I, I, I'd probably lean more towards the Ravens because, I mean, every year we kind of expect big, big things from them. These things just seem to happen. But one of these years, it's those things aren't going to happen, and the Ravens are going to be what what we expect them to be. So I'll go with the Ravens. I was torn between Ravens and Bengals because I think the Bengals are like, if they are again, a Super Bowl contender, obviously sweeping them just from a, like trying to win the division standpoint is going to matter, but I'm going to go with the Ravens too, because I, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like there's just something about the Ravens and the Steelers and, and that battle of Ohio has a great nickname, but it hasn't really hit yet. Now it might start, you know, if the Bengals are really good and the Browns are really good and Deshaun Watson is playing, obviously that rivalry takes on a new life, but there's just something different about sweeping a team like the Steelers or sweeping a team like the Ravens. And maybe it's because it's been so difficult for the Browns to beat those teams, Mary Kay. Yeah. I mean, you could make a case really for, for any one of those teams. There, there is an argument uh, for each one of those things having some significance and some meaning, but you guys are right. I mean, the rivalries are just so much more intense with the Ravens and the Steelers. I mean, that's every year you go in and you think those are the teams that you have to beat. We're not used to the Bengals being worth anything, but it's a new day in Cincinnati. <laughs> Joe hey, Cooper sweep, is in Cincinnati. If they sweep the Steelers, it'll be the first time since 2003 i think that they've won a regular season game in pittsburgh wow so that'd be pretty big <laughs> well uh, how are they going to do that now with larry Joby there it's just not going to happen that's yeah. true that's true one of the things i thought about asking was should larry Joby be a cleveland brown today instead of a pittsburgh Steeler? yeah it's a good question it, it is a good question i thought about it uh it is i think that the fact that he that the browns let him walk I think it really lit a fire under him. I mean, my goodness, seven sacks last year, career high. Um, obviously, he's coming off a foot injury, but it, it just seems like it brought something out in him. And we know one person on the team that would love to have him back. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett, one of his best Good buddies. Friends. David Njoku was in his Instagram comments uh, congratulating him and also putting in a, a face slap emoji as well. So, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I do think that the Bengals – uh, because of Joe Burrow's leadership and because of uh, just how good he is, I, I still think that, um, you know, that you have to give them the respect, even though we forget about them. I, I still think it's kind of a team on the rise and we'll see. Um, Scott, you know, better than anybody analytically, they are one of those team that teams that could come back to the pack a little bit this year from a one loss standpoint. Um based on how they won last year and how, how much they won and all of that. But I don't know. I, I still, I believe in, uh, I believe in Joe cool. So I'm going to go with my, and of course the sweep has a little bit of an asterisk because of the fact that they played their B team in the season finale. Yes, that's true. Brandon Allen, right. Is that yes. his name? Brandon Allen. One, yes. one of the Allens, not the good hey. Allen at quarterback. One of the other. Allens. Hey, when you're, when you're the Browns and you've lost back to back week, <laughs> 17 games to Landry Jones. Uh, you'll, you'll take what you can get. <laughs> That's true. True that. All right. Justin in Boise, Idaho, uh, an, an offseason program question. Did the recent offseason practices indicate that Coach Stefanski is adjusting his offensive approach in any way? Um, I would say yes. Did, did you, Scott, did you see anything that, that indicated to you that this offense is going to look different? 
I mean, it's really hard to nail him down on stuff. He's been asked this question in multiple ways from, you know, how does 13 fit in or will you use more three wide receivers and how much is Deshaun Watson going to change? And it, it's, he gives you versions of the same answer. You know, we're going to adapt to our players, but I do think it's significant that, uh, that they didn't go out and find another guy who you knew was going to be one of the top two tight ends. Um, they pretty much, they let Austin Hooper go and they moved up everybody else. Right. So that to me means maybe that's that part of the offense is going to change. So, and then what we've seen in, in practice with, uh, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the field and, and running backs motioning out into the slot a lot, no fullback. Um, it makes me think, yeah, that, that we're going to see it, but I mean, who knows? We just, you know, it's kind of a mystery. It's, it's really, it's kind of like Freddie kitchens all over again, where we didn't really know what the office was going to be. We knew it was going to be when Kevin's fancy showed up in 2020, but we don't, we don't really know. Well, also there is that little minor detail, which we're trying to kind of stay away from the whole <laughs> Watson. It's, a, it's impossible, impossible to do impossible, but I think that's going to make a huge difference in how the offense is run. If Deshaun Watson is the starting quarterback for the whatever final nine games of the season, then you're going to see, I think, a vastly different offense. I think he'll open it up. I think it'll be more explosive. I see, I think you'll see design runs. Um, I think you'll see all, all kinds of things that you might not see in the first how many ever games of the season if Jacoby Brissett is your starter just because he's can't do some of the things that Deshaun can do. So I think, you know, maybe they will be back to some of the things that they're used to doing. So I think it, it will come down to that. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was seeing a little more, um, a little more of an open looking offense, although it was still kind of running backs and uh, you know, like Demetric Felton and some tight ends kind of split out wide, but it did seem like, I feel like they'll be in shotgun more. Now they were in shotgun a fair amount with Baker Mayfield. I think we'll see some pistol formation um, out of this team a little bit. I think there's going to be some differences, but you know, look, I also think there's going to be the meat and potatoes of that Kevin Stefanski offense where it's marrying the run in the past. It's a lot of those same concepts and um, it's it's just going to maybe be a little more efficient than it was last year when you were playing with a a quarterback that they obviously didn't believe in and, and who was injured. And there'll still be wide zone. I mean, they're, they're still going to do that kind of stuff. They're still going to do play action. I mean, you will still have the foundation, but the offense was always built to be able to do whatever you wanted out of it. I mean, you know, it, you can, you can run, you can pass out of almost every different play. Um, but so I think there will still be plenty of elements of what Kevin Stefanski has learned over the years and what he implemented here in his first two years. It'll just look different if it's Jacoby or Deshaun. And, and it, and it was like coming out of OTAs and minicamp it's everything's skewed because it was so pass heavy. Um, so much of the time was spent team wise on seven on seven drills. So those are just set up obviously to be passing situations. And so you're going to have a lot of receivers, a lot of people rotating in and out and you watch that over and over and it's like, wow, they're, you know, they're passing a lot. Well, yeah, they are. Cause that's what they want to work on. Um, training camp probably gives you a better idea maybe of, uh, of how that balance might look, but even then, you know, it's all these changes just, it leaves a lot of, lots of the mystery. Yeah. 
All right, Brian from Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, what's the over-under on how many sacks Perrion Winfrey gets this year? Mm. Let's do, let's put it this way. Let's say I put it at three and a half. Mm-hmm. I think I would I think I would take the under. I think I'd say three. But mm. three and a half. Would you go over or under there? Wow, that's a good one. And that's a good place to put it. I'm gonna take the push. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I, I think that I think he'll get some. And I think he'll also find out that it's a lot harder to penetrate in the NFL, <laughs> right? He's gonna find that out straight away. But but I think he'll I think he'll get his sex. So I'll go three and a half. You know, I'm tempted to take the push too, because if he can't get sacks in the NFL, um, uh, he probably won't be around long because that's his whole thing. It's pressuring the quarterback. That's what he's good at. And, but having said that, uh, if he's not a starter, I mean, that this defense is like the top two guys dominate the snaps at that position. So if he's not one of them, those snaps are going to be hard to come by and those opportunities are going to be very few. Oh, man, <laughs> I'll go under. I'll say uh, he could get three. Um, I mean, I think again, he's gonna he probably has to get sex to stick around because that's why they drafted him. But he could also like he could get three sacks, and it doesn't mean that it's like a disappointing season, right? Um, you know, if he's creating pressure, if he's I mean, it's hard for a, a rookie to, to pile up sack numbers. And this isn't Miles Garrett, a number one overall pick coming in. This is a guy that's got to fight for his position a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think there's a world where maybe he ends up with like three or four sacks and okay. Yeah, that was nice, but it like, it's not a disappointing season and, and there's still something to build on there. Yeah. And, and he is going to be part of a rotation as we were out there and we watched all of the practices uh, he was never working with the first team. They are making him earn it. Uh, they've got Jordan Elliott in there, who they're very excited about, and Taven Bryan. So, you know, it, it's going to come down in part to how many reps he gets in there. So I, I think that's a good number. Okay, let's take a quick break here. And then when we come back, we've got some more questions that our Football Insider subscribers threw at us. And we are back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Mick Zavarella in Frisco, Texas, is thinking trades here. So he wants to know about Kareem Hunt. Now, Mary Kay, last week you had a chance to talk to Kareem Hunt. He wants to finish his career as a Cleveland Brown. He would like an extension. Uh, he is in the final year of his contract. And we talk about the running backs here. Um, it, there's always going to be, especially with Kareem Ernest Johnson is always going to be talk about trades. So Mick in Frisco, Texas wants to know if the Browns were to trade Kareem Hunt, what is a reasonable draft compensation they could expect in return? Hmm. You don't really fetch a lot for running backs these days, especially running backs that are, uh, you know, not early on in their career, kind of, you know, midway through their career. Um, so I, I don't think that that you would get a lot, especially because you're talking about a player who is heading into the final year of his contract. Nobody's going to give up a lot for somebody who potentially could only be around for one year unless you know that you can wrap him up for a while. So I would say, um, I mean, you know, I, I think he's worth a lot more than this, but I would think fourth round pick at best, closer to fifth round pick is probably what you'd be looking at. Yeah, the key is finding the team that's really desperate uh, that has a key injury 
uh, whether it's in training camp or near the trading deadline. We've seen guys fetch draft picks that they would never have gotten if they were traded after the season. Um, so timing has a lot to do with it and just the situation. Um, how needy is that other team? How desperate are they to to find someone to come in and be a starter? Yeah, Mary Kay, when you said fourth, I thought like maybe if you get like a fourth that would be a conditional third based on like number of carries or yardage or some something like that, where if he carries the ball 200 times, it becomes whatever that number would be. Uh, maybe you could get like a conditional third, but yeah, I just think it's, it's going to be tough to trade a running back in this climate. People just don't really give up a lot for running backs unless they're desperate. Right. They really don't. And, and what you propose is intriguing uh, a conditional trade like that based on, performance uh so yeah that would be something that you could try to get out of them that way um and he's used to uh, an incentive laden contract that's what he has had here for the past two seasons so i mean if they did something here they could try to to do something like that again uh but i'm just kind of getting the vibe and i even got it from kareem and i don't know if you guys could read through the read between the lines of that story but you know, he's saying things like, I don't know what to think. And so now we have to see what they want to do with me. Just doesn't scream to me, hey, let's get this guy wrapped up long term. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. I mean, they've drafted, they drafted a running back this year. You know, they, they did bring back the Ernest Johnson. Um, it, it makes, I mean, at some point, something's got to get, we keep saying that on this roster, and, and they're going to manage the cap, and, and they're going to try to be like the Rams and just kind of keep paying guys and you wonder how they do it. But at some point, something does have to give, right? Like the Rams had to let John Johnson walk and, and make a switch at safety. So I, I would imagine that that room starts to get expensive and, and that's not, that's probably not the place where they want to be spending a ton of money um, beyond like Nick Chubb. Right. I mean, there's, there are certain positions on the team where they've already shown that they don't want to spend uh, just exorbitant dollars and, and that is obviously one of them it's the analytics way and defensive tackle is another all right ken in newberry park california has been hearing great things about grant delpit do you see him as an all pro in the next few years uh delpit is on that short list of guys that i'm pretty excited to see in training camp this year um scott how, how good can grant delpit be in this defense now and what is essentially his second year in the league yeah, I mean, last year he was just kind of figuring things out, and it seemed like towards the end of the year, it finally, you know, he had the opportunity because Ronnie Harrison uh, had issues playing well, and uh, Grant Delpit, uh, PFF-wise, had some of his best grades of the year down the stretch. So now he has experience. He's looked really good in, in OTAs in minicamp. Uh, he was one of the guys uh, at the back of the defense who had picks uh, when we were able to watch. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know about all pro. Um a lot, of, a lot goes into that uh, with voting and just competition and all that. But certainly he should be a player who becomes like a core piece of the defense. Mm -hmm. So right now we talk about Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward and, and potentially JOK because of where he's at. Um, you know, Grant Delpa in the back end could become one of those guys. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm expecting him to. I guess what I, I'm expecting to get through this coming season with him, like there not being any questions about the future of Grant Delpit. 
I think that's that's probably a good place to to start with your, your with your expectations. Now, Dan, was the question: Will we make all pro over the next several years? Uh, all pro in the next few years. So next not few. not this year specifically, but in the next few years. Well, it's it's uh, it's certainly a, a great aspiration. All pro is really really difficult to make. Um, may I could see maybe a Pro Bowl. I think he's got Pro Bowl ability, but even that's tough to make at at that position. There's a lot of talent at safety in the NFL and in, in the in the AFC. So he's going to really have to uh, be very consistent. And some of those big flashy plays that we saw him make last year, he started to make a couple. He popped a few times coming off this uh, very serious injury that he had with, with the Achilles. Um, if he can get back out there and do that on a consistent basis, I definitely think that he has Pro Bowl ability over the next few years. I don't know if you guys heard that autoplay video as I was looking up the all pro teams there while Mary Kay was talking, if you did, sorry about that. But um, yeah, I was, I was trying to find who the all pros were um, at safety this last year, Jordan Poyer, um, our old, our old buddy, Jordan Poyer was among Mm -hmm. them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kevin Byard, I believe was, uh, was the other one. Uh, Derwin James as well, a, a young guy that, you know, these are just the guys you have to compete with. So it's, it's tough to get to all pro at safety and, and, the Ravens always have good safeties. They're getting guys back. It's just, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick just became the highest paid safety uh, in football history. So there's some good safeties in, in the mm-hmm. AFC that you're going to have to deal with. From week 12 on, he ranked 14th in PFF defensive grade among safeties. Um, of course, two and three were MJ Stewart and JJ three. So <laughs> it's a big reason why the Browns pass defense looks so good down the stretch, but he obviously was a big part of it. Um, you know, if he continues that, if he continue to have Johnson and Delpit both playing well, because each, each of those guys can make the other look good. Um, certainly bodes well for him, at least, at least getting pro bowl interest. And I, I'm looking forward to him really being able to live up to his second round status and what they thought of him and the expectations that they had for him. Because in addition to everything else, trying to come back from such a serious injury, he's got a great attitude. He's a great teammate. He's a great guy. And I think he sort of embodies the spirit of what the Cleveland Browns are looking for. Okay. Clara in Shelksburg, Iowa snuck in a uh, Deshaun Watson suspension adjacent question. Uh, she says, uh, assuming that Watson, and she acknowledges, she apologizes for putting a little suspension twist to this, uh, assuming that Watson does not start the season as QB1, which unit on the team needs to step up to carry the team and keep them above water until the Browns are back at full strength? Uh, I guess, I mean, like, yeah, maybe this is what you're going to say, Scott. The obvious answer is, well, you got the defense. But, like... I guess offensively, which unit would it have to be? Let's be more specific. Is it the running game? Is it something else? I was, I was going to say the quarterback that plays and plays such Sean That's Watson fair. needs to step up <laughs> and play well. Uh, I mean, they're going to go into week one. Let's say Sean Watson isn't playing. They're going to go into week one trying to do what they had planned on doing. Um, and so that's all going to be on uh, Jacoby Brissett to, to make that happen. You know, the defense is going to be the defense regardless, and the run game is going to be the run game. It's going to be up to whoever it is that's taking snaps to to make sure there isn't a big enough drop-off, I guess. And we don't even know, like, 
what this offense is going to be with Sean Watson, but you, it's, it's on him. Yeah. I, I, the first thing that popped into my mind was that it wasn't really a position, but it was, it's more of a thing. And that is takeaways. The defense is going to have to step up. It's takeaway game because uh, you know, that makes up for a lot of things. You're going to win a lot of games. You're going to win most of your games uh, if you are winning the turnover battle. So if, if those guys, this would have a lot to do with the secondary then, I guess, although you wanted me to go offense, Dan, but. Well, that's fine. I'm breaking the rules. Take it Um, whatever direction you want. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I think coming up with those interceptions and those fumble recoveries are going to be the key this year. But let's not forget, is there anything to suggest that simply having a healthy quarterback is enough for this team? It was enough in 2020. It was enough through the first game and a half of last season. You know, Um, I mean, this is a team that you would think you can plug a quarterback into and they're going to be successful. Um, So man, I don't know necessarily that any other unit has to do more. You just need to have competent play, healthy play at quarterback and and you should have a good chance of being successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, this roster with this line and this running game, you know, offensively, you can hold it together. Um, a little thin at receiver. If, if you, it's not Deshaun Watson throwing the ball, but there's still guys there that can make plays for you. The defense, if it's as good as it was towards the end of last year, that supports it all too. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty nice car for any quarterback to be able to drive. And and I think you look at it and you think, okay, admit with average quarterback play, what is this a, this is probably a seven to nine win team. If your quarterback plays like just like just average. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look what the Steelers were able to do when uh, with Ben Roethlisberger struggling because they had other things that enabled them uh, to still be successful. But I do think that the uh, the points totals are going up and the passing games are so much more explosive now that I don't know that you could just kind of rely on a good enough quarterback or a good enough quarterback performance. It, it does seem like uh, there, there's just this uh, renaissance in amazing quarterback play. And if you're not getting it, you're going to really have a hard time. All right. This is from the 203 area code. What rookie will you watch the closest at camp next month? They gave us their nominee, but I'll hold on to that one. Uh, which rookie are you going to watch the closest when camp starts on July 27th? Scott, you go. Hmm. Uh, I'm trying to figure out which one they might have uh, listed uh, that you're withholding. Um, Man, I guess David Bell, just because we expect him to have a major role in the passing game. Uh, And once they, once they get to actual practices where it's full team and you have pads on and, and, or even individual drills where you have receivers going against defensive backs, something we didn't really get, you know, one-on-one, uh, during OTAs, I'm interested to see how he does in those situations. Um, I mean, he he kind of rotated a little bit in the slot, but I think we all expect him to be the guy there, or at least have the best opportunity to be the guy in the slot once the season begins. So, kind of keeping my eye on him. Yeah, that was the first player that came to my mind as well. But for purposes of mixing it up a little bit. Um, and, and I agree with all of those things. I mean, he, he's so intriguing and you just know that they have such high hopes for him. And, you know, I, I think that they're going to want him on the field 
as much as they can get him on there that makes sense. Um, and again, he's lockering next to Deshaun Watson so that he can get mentored and all of those sorts of things. So um, I, for purposes of this discussion, as I mentioned, will choose somebody else and that will be Martin Emerson. And I'm just intrigued by him, just intrigued by the size, intrigued by the skill set, intrigued by the impact it's going to have on the back end of the defense and what you can do with him and what you can do with Greg Newsom. And um, I'm very in, in, interested to see how he does. Well, our, our texter, threw out someone who, whenever this person takes the field in camp, everything's going to stop. Everyone's going to pull out their notebooks and their phones and they're going to watch and they're, they're going to take notes. And it is Cade York. Their response was, I, I would go with the kicker, believe it or not. Um, yeah. I'm interested to see Cade York. The only thing about Cade York is like, you know, unless it's a disaster in camp, it's really almost, it's really almost a non-story until he starts kicking in real games. Like we've seen, we've, we've seen what he can do in practice and, you know, we'll see a little bit what he can do in the preseason. But other than that, unless he starts sending everything wide left or something, it, it's, we'll see him kick a couple times and okay. Yeah. We've seen this before. Although the fans will absolutely stop and, and watch Kate mm-hmm. York kick when, when they get a chance to a training camp. Yeah, they definitely will. And, um, and we won't really see the real Cade York until the weather elements start <laughs> to kick in, right? That's when we'll know when you've got all the, the wind and, and the ice and the adversity and the, and the, the ball feels like a brick, uh, that, that's when we'll start to know a little bit more about him. Although there've been a lot of guys who didn't even make it that long, one, two games into the <laughs> year true. and Browns are making a kicking change. So it's true. <laughs> But I have I have faith that uh, he'll he'll make it beyond that. Okay, so that that leads us to let's just end here. This is just another uh, another random uh, kind of prediction question here from Paxton Styles in Chevrolet, Maryland. Wants to know how many game winners Kate York will make this year. Mm. How are we defining game winners? Are we just defining them as like, you know, last possession of the game kicks, or like if he makes a kick in the at the beginning of the third quarter and then it ends up being the go-ahead score. No, there has to be credit for a game involved. winner. Okay. All right. I'll say I mean, two. I, ideally it's none. Ideally the Browns <laughs> are not in that situation where they have to kick a, a game winner, but uh, I mean, Chase McLaughlin was never really in that position last season. Um, man, if, if you said <laughs> two and a, if you said if you said one and a half, I would maybe take the under. I don't know. Maybe I'd take a push there. Two. I'm not going above two. I would I, w- I would say two just to be a little conservative because you just don't know how many opportunities. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say I'll say two. You know what? Just to be different, I'm going to say three. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go like eight. Um, <laughs> a lot of no. tense games this year. <laughs> yeah. I'll say three. I'll take the over. If, if there's eight, he's making the all-pro team. Just, yeah. just saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna say two, but he's gonna miss his first one just to make a great story for the last Oof. two. Oh, I'll miss his first one, but then the next two are just gonna be like he, one's gonna get him into the playoffs or something, or win him the division, or it'll be a great a great callback to that first clutch opportunity that he missed on. 
Yeah, well, you want to be bold. Say one, it'll be in the AFC Championship game. Ooh, yeah, or the Super Bowl. Right? <laughs> thinking, yeah, he'll make the game-winning kick in the Super Bowl. I've uh, I've yeah. made that I've made that bold prediction before the the Super Bowl pick. I'll leave that up to uh, we'll leave that <laughs> one to to Doug this year. He'll get to, yeah. to put himself out there on that one. By the way, somebody did ask us on Twitter when Doug will. They they were saying that they missed Doug on the podcast. Doug will be back. Don't worry, we will have Doug back on the podcast. He's all, had a lot of Ohio State stuff going on. Uh, and he is on vacation this week. So uh, Doug will return, make his triumphant return to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast soon enough. Okay, that'll do it for this edition. Thanks to our Football Insider subscribers for uh, sending us in those questions. If you want to become a subscriber, go to clevelandicom slash Browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to get all that info and get signed up. And of course, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcasts to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. For Scott and Mary Cam Dan, thanks for listening, everybody.